Cartesian blood. Its short time spent by a detective too focused on hot-headed rivalry, the village sought out any remedy within arm's reach, and, like a bloodletting doctor of old, she offered a solution that was costly, yes, but unchallenged. Cartesian had no choice but to give Lorraine Stiles her first victory over Hopperscotch, and she had no choice but to take it. Lorraine traveled across the Steadfast, a trail of apathetically spent shins marking her footsteps. In those years, she made legacies, and it was all so dreadfully boring. Lorraine could do anything. Many would argue she did everything, but it wouldn't change the one stinging truth. Hop had failed. All these years, had they really been a lie? No, no, Lorraine had promised herself she had forged the perfect rival in Hopperscotch, and Lorraine Stiles always kept her promises. So, she would set up a test, just like the one she had made for him all those years ago. A theft would come first, something small, something simple. Gaining Hopper's attention, that was the more attracting of a challenge. He was cautious, even more so after his failure at Cartesian. But for the first time in a long time, he had liabilities. Three fellow adventurers for whom Lorraine had no interest. But who could be motivated where Hopper would not? And so Lorraine got to work. She found her target. A small, informational robot named Cuba would be easy enough to steal. She tied her bait. An obscure atlas was a small thing to trade in exchange for access to the Jagged Dream's secrets. And she laid her trap. Simply planting the blueprints in Hopper's hotel room would be enough to incriminate him, but informing the Jagged Dream of these blueprints would embroil him even further. And then, she waited. She waited as Hopper took his first steps into Rulettia. She waited as he accepted her job, and then promptly planned to sabotage it. She waited as he found the blueprints, as he stole the Atlas, as his friends sparked a revolution and made an enemy of every single piece of power in Rulettia. Lorraine Stiles waited for her plan to fail, for all her months of scheming to crumble in exhilarating embarrassment. And as the minutes ticked closer to that final hour, when the trap would finally spring and she would claim her second victory over Hopper Scotch, Lorraine wondered. If Hop failed, he wouldn't, but if he did, no, it, it wasn't worth considering. After all, there were some possibilities that even Lorraine Stiles found impossible. A deep impact echoes through the metal archways holding up Cubo's dome prison, while a single skylight illuminates regular Bob's four twitching fangs, all raised in a uniform. <sighs> One floor down, the siren song of Rulettia's 10th world auction sings out to excited elites, who push past Misha into the auction house. And further down from that, down down near the core of the ninth world itself, Hopper Scotch's dropped stomach continues to plummet. You've been duped. Lorraine has won. It's time to run, or it's time to fight. Let's roll initiative. I'm perfectly calm. It's fine. Oh, come on. Yes. These are... Uh, oh, yes. 
Oh, sweet Jesus. This was the make or break moment. I needed to win initiative or just die. <laughs> You're all on up to any dumb. A 19, but I think that'll be good enough. Oh, nice. Boo. Okay, so uh, Tom rolled a 19. Emily an 18. Hallie and Ari? I rolled a 7. I rolled a 2. Oh. Off to a good start. <laughs> Off to a good start? Hey! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, Shock and Ellie, just a kind of reminder of where you are. You are in Kubo's domed little prison, I guess is what you would call it. So you've got metal archways with a bunch of cords tangled around them. A single skylight at the top of the dome, kind of like an observatory, but smaller, shines in the bright lights of Ruletia down onto a floor mosaic, which has been cracked, but your entranceway has been covered uh, by regular Bob. Behind this creature with a blank expressionless face, uh, you see the hallway of death, the one that you expertly avoided by just going underneath. And you are currently standing away from the mosaic on top of the raised platform to Cubo, or what you thought was Cubo. So Shock immediately casts Resonance Field. Shock will hold out his staff in front of him, and a sort of network of interlocking, glowing lines will cover his entire body and the staff, and hum there for a second, and then fade. And when they do, the staff begins floating on its own around Shock's body, slowly twirling end over end. Uh, and Shock will, as he, like, weaves this defensive magic about himself, he'll drop into, like, a sort of combat pose and begin, like, charging up his gloves. Resonance Field allows me to um, treat speed defense attacks as intellect defense. Actually, it doesn't even specify speed defense. It just says whenever a creature within immediate range makes an attack, a pattern energizes to block the attack, and I'm flavoring that as using my staff. Cool. And you said if it's uh, the creature in immediate range, right? Yes. Cool. Uh, Fuck you! (laughs) Fuck you! I know exactly what you're doing. You already gloated about your plans. (laughs) That's why I was freaking out about initiative. I need this to not die, and I still might. All right, uh, Ellie, it is your turn. Fuck him up. I don't know what you're talking about. He's just standing there. I don't know why you are being so aggressive. He's got two swords, right? Uh, they're not out yet. He's bearing his fangs, Kyle. He is. They snap. You said he was crouched in, like, an attack position. Maybe he just wants to play rugby. Look, here's the thing. Among all of us, Ellie is the first person who would stab someone first, ask questions later. That's true. Yeah. So I would like to use the skill thrust. I hope I have... It it lets you add one point of damage to a stabbing or piercing or, like, cutting or stabbing attack at the cost (gasps) of one might point. My hero! Okay, and I want to put in one level of effort. Hit him with everything you've got, please. Oh, God. (laughs) Fuck him up. Four! Wait, (laughs) can I use experience to reroll? How many do you have? A lot. Do it! Jesus Christ, how do you have six now? I apologized. I mentioned it last time. I apologize. Yes, you can use it. Do it! Yeah, okay, so how do you, how does the experience help you kind of uh, reattempt this attack? Um, I kind of whiff past, and then my rage heightens, and so does my confidence. 16. <laughs> oh. All right, 16. Uh, yeah, you're going to dig into this boy for seven points of damage. All right, how do you hurt this boy? So it's it's a little bit anime. It's a little like where you just run forward with your fist held out, but when she punches, there's blades. And once she hits, she says, I'm going to be really good at this. I recently gained a skill in babysitting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I love it. All right, so 
You cut through him, and I would say you even cut through one of his four fangs, which splits open, and now he has five. What? What? There's no mechanical what? benefit. I just thought no. it'd be, like, metal as shit. That feels like a GM intrusion, and, like, she should get her XP back. No, there is no mechanical benefit to it. It is purely... Anyways... Ellie um, says, shit! Fangs can't <laughs> smile, but you would imagine the, uh... Has a bit of a happier tone to it, like... Okay, that was creepy. <laughs> um, but he will start biting the air a little bit out of fury, and he will whip over and try to bite you, Ellie. And I need you to roll speed defense. I would like to put in two levels of effort for speed defense. Two! Two! Oh, no! Oh, no. <laughs> he whips through the air, and uh, actually... As your, your hand gets out, you notice that it has just been glomped onto by this, like, biting uh, hand. And your Ellie badge, that means nothing, right? It bites down and, and you barely feel, you feel just a, a, a tinge. After your armor, you only feel two points of damage. But you feel the venom. Oh, no! <laughs> a mild paralytic venom, and it will increase the difficulty of all your actions by one step if you fail a might defense roll. So at the start of your turn, you're going to have to do that uh, might defense roll. Yay. Uh, and then from there, we're going to move down one floor, and we're going to see that everyone has pushed past Misha Jarvis and, and has now entered the hall. And Misha, you can hear Lorraine Styles being introduced and starting to sing this performing tune for everyone. And I'm kind of curious, like, what do you do? Because unlike Hop, you don't have a 100% like clear definition that everything is gone yes. fucking shits up. So, um, well, I think my first instinct would be to reach to Shock and ask what's going on. So Misha is going to be like, Shock, it appears to me that the auction is going to take place. Has Cubo been rescued yet? Misha Jarvis, everything has gone wrong. Cubo's uh, not up here. It was a trap set by Lorraine. Uh, try to find Cubo. <laughs> uh, well, I will do my best. Uh, are you safe? I think so. <laughs> Shock lies. I hate you. Why do you keep lying to me? <laughs> I guess this is going to have to come bite me next chapter. It will. Okay. I mean, like regular Bob is right there. It might bite you <laughs> in one turn. Shock's just going to say, just focus on getting Cubo. We can we can take care of this here. Uh, Misha's going to nod and be like, it, it, it is fine, Shock. I trust you. And then they will... I guess they will follow the crowd. All right, so Misha, you walk into the room and you see a show. Uh, Lorraine is in front and she is doing superb. Like, she is an expert singer. She isn't breaking a sweat. Um, she's got a smile, but for the first time, her, her fake smile doesn't seem fake in a menacing way. It feels fake almost in, like, a sad way. You see people in the audience. They're just sitting down in the chairs. A couple of folks are standing up and, like, just, you know, fist pumping to this electro swing music. <laughs> and you see Lorraine in the front uh, in this beautiful dress with this large hat that her hair is tucked up inside of. And, and behind her and in between the aisles, you see doing a perfect synchronized dance. A total of 12 gray-eyed Misha Jarvises in glorious glittering spandex. Okay. And they are dancing. They're dancing their fucking hearts out doing a hardcore, like, synchronized Synchronized jazzercise routine to this song. All right, well, at that, then Misha is going to uh, stand 
really still and they can't really process what they're seeing and then they are going to a little bit hesitantly approach one of the androids that's in the aisles like after a moment of just hesitancy they are going to be like uh salutations excuse me but what is your nomenclature Okay, so the uh, Misha Jarvis takes a look at you and after a moment says, New backup language acquired. Salutations. Salutations. And they start singing salutations along to the beat of the song and they keep dancing. Uh, Misha is going to, uh, they're going to like <laughs> clench their fists a little bit. Like they're really distressed and a little bit insulted. And they, they are going to grab the, the android and they are going to be like, it appears to me that you are required in a different place. I come here as a replacement. You are no longer needed. Is there a place where, like, there's not a lot of people, uh, like, it's uh, semi-secluded? Literally, like, you've got some workers on the uh, exhibition floor, but literally everybody is kind of in the auction, so nobody really cares. Like, any place except for the, uh, except for the auction is fair game. Okay, so I want to take them then to just, like, a corner or something where people are not present. Okay. Uh, do you, like, grab them somewhere? I was picturing, like, grabbing their hand. Um, so you see that they grab their hand with their other hand and start pulling it as, like, uh, a new impromptu dance move. They seem to be listening to whatever you're saying as instructions for dance. Okay. All right, so you you take this out of the room, and then we will figure out why you did that on your next turn. So we are going to move one floor down. As you walk uh, out of the room, the camera goes down one more floor, and we see Hop. So Hop, you still got a handful of dancers around you, but but as soon as Lorraine left, the rest of them started to filter out too. The only things you really have to keep you company are these fake Tommy Funbuck clothes. You don't even have your hat that's somewhere on the floor. Uh, and then you can see there's still a couple of guards trying to find you and your friends kind of throughout the dance floor. So everyone else, I asked what they're doing. But for you, I ask, how is Hop feeling right now? He's not looking good. Hopper has been left absolutely shaken by that conversation with Lorraine. So when, when she walked away, he would have just kept standing there, like in the pose that he was in when they were dancing and he wouldn't have moved for a while but because she heavily implied that shock and ellie were in some sort of immediate danger he's gonna try to shake himself out of that and then start running towards them towards the dressing room because that's where the spiral staircase to get up is but then he'll remember on his way there no no they climbed up that using things that i don't have so then he'll do an about face and go towards the elevator the death elevator because he remembers that when misha read the fancy tech language Two of the three traps didn't affect him, and the other one was a quiz. And if he's gonna have to face a death elevator, a quiz is at the top of Hopper's preferred challenges. <laughs> so he's gonna head that way. You said the hat's on the floor? Yeah. Okay, so he will run and then he'll stop because he'll see the hat in his way, and he'll make a motion to go pick it up from the floor, and then he doesn't, and he continues on his way. <sighs> No. What? Hopper Scotch is hatless. Well, he's got the Tommy Funbuck hat. <laughs> but it's it's a worse hat. It's a significantly worse hat. In every way. So you make that run, and uh, as soon as you get closer to the elevator, the hallways become a lot less gaudy, glimmering, and glamorous, and more like that one really shady back hallway everyone had in their public elementary school that is just like cement and one flickering light, and it's really echoey. And you start walking down that, and, and before you hit the corner where you'll see the elevator, I'm assuming you kind of like look and peer around before just like barging in and being like, hey, what's up? He's present enough to be like, I gotta do this carefully. 
Hopefully, yes. All right, so uh, you turn around and you see a, uh, a costumed Anine, uh, which is holding Cubo, but it's got this giant flaming V on it. And it's just kind of like trying to like lean in the air as hard as it can in like a cool flirtatious manner. And then you see this really confused blonde man in like uh, elevator, like, like in a like in a service outfit, just kind of puzzled looking at the Anine. Uh, and they just seem to be talking about stuff. So you hear the Anine in like a muffled voice being like, yeah, no, I uh, I actually won t-shirt dynamite. Like, I hear that's the most dynamite thing around. Yeah, won't you agree, Chris? And uh, the blonde boy just, like, shakes it. He just, like, looks really confused. And he's like, I, I guess... So, yeah, you have that Anine who's flirting with Chris Prevensworth Pine, and uh, they seem to be the one who is going to bring up Vibo. Uh, and actually, Chris says, wait, aren't, aren't you supposed to, aren't you supposed to, like, put that thing up? Like, isn't it supposed to be put up already? And the Anine's just like, oh, no, it's, uh, we can wait. It'll be fine. And Vibo, who is supposed to agree with you, is like, yeah, dude, it'll be totally fine. God, I hate Vibo so much. <laughs> so, and they're in the room next to the elevator that helps raise it up. So, uh, what are you going to do to get past these guys? All right. Well, Hopper would consider just asking if he could use the elevator, but that this is like, what are the... Okay, there's... Ah! Oh, my board fell. I haven't taken it apart yet. Um, Hopper will say, oh, you're Chris? Chris, someone over there really needs you. Roll me. <laughs> Persuasion. I am skilled in this. Shouldn't it be deception, though? Deception, persuasion... Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not. Well, let's do persuasion. Let's give Hop a break. Also, Chris is very trusting. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, that's a four. So that didn't go well for me. Uh, the Anine is going to turn over and be like, really? Yep. Why would they bring you to talk about that? Why don't you take care of that? I was the nearest person. They told me to find Chris. I am not Chris. <laughs> hmm. They're going to walk closer and closer to you. Did Lee put you up to this? I think that was their name. Lee's been trying to get Chris for weeks. And Chris is like, I don't know what's going on here. You can tell Lee that they can shove it. They only have t-shirt guns. I got the dynamite. I get the Chris. And Chris is just sitting there like, I really don't know what's going on. I, I, I could pass on that message, but I think it would be more effective coming from you. No. <laughs> and we are going to move back up. <laughs> what? <laughs> You rolled a four! No! No! <laughs> Just no! Fuck this guy! No! We're gonna go up. Uh, Shock, it is your turn. What are you gonna do? So Shock sees Ellie take that bite, and he's going to begin gathering uh, energy in his left hand, charging that up uh, into his cutting light gauntlet. And I am going to let out a blast of cutting light with... Two levels of effort to hit and one level to damage. I have intellect for days. For days, I tell you. Natural 20! Oh! Holy shit! Oh! So do you want to take the damage or do you want to take a max uh an effect? Can I can I make him lose his next turn? Uh you can. So let's first deal with the damage. So um So with the effort, that would be eight points of damage. So I'd assume five after armor. Okay. And then how do you make him lose his turn? Hmm. 
This is what happens. Uh, Shock lines up a deadly accurate shot, but he like flinches it away from being like a headshot at the last second and slashes the uh, beam of light across Bob's body and hits like a wall nearby with like the end of the beam cut. And it sends out a burst of sparks that flash into Bob's eyes, either burning him or stunning him or something. Bob doesn't have eyes. Oh, he doesn't. Oh, oops. It gets... His mouth? How about this? How about this? The pain of the blast causes him to stumble as the beam of light slashes across his body and he hits his head on a piece of like protruding rebar or something. It's like, you know, you know, like a Bioshock room with like the rebar that extends out like along the walls. It's all fancy and looks like archways. Like some of that protrudes into the room. Let's let's say that he bumps his head on that and loses his turn. And now it is Ellie's turn. Fuck him up. (laughs) I want to run at his and try to whack him while he's stunned with my folding chair. Um, And I would like to put in two levels of effort to damage. Hit me or try. Fuck you, Kyle. 12. You go and you hit and your bones seize up. And for a second, you're like, oh, this is it. But then you realize, shit, it's the poison. Give me a roll to see if you can shake off the poison because you didn't do that defense roll. I forgot. And then I just remembered when you said... 16? Yeah, no, that, po- that poison is still oh. there. You don't you just, not resist that poison. I'm just stuck then? Uh, you just, you, you seize up a little bit and you'll be able to move, but you, you still have to shake off that poison. It, it makes everything one step harder. Okay, if I'm frozen, I want to like turn my eyes over to shock and be like, I think he got me. <gasps> All right. And Maybe he- you should run. And um, with that regular Bob, does jack shit the nurse's head. He's got a big owie. And he's very cross. So we're going to go back to Misha and Misha 12. Uh, Misha Prime, what are you going to do? Uh, Misha, they, they are just not having this, but they kind of know <laughs> what they have to do. And they don't want to do it, but they are just like, <sighs> they're going to sigh and they're going to say, I need you to stay here, but I also must request that you lend me your garments. If this was like a movie and we couldn't see them, like that would happen. And like two seconds later, we would just see a crumpled up spandex jumpsuit just plop on Misha's face. Wait, so Misha gets give me your clothes and immediate acquiescence. I get no. (laughs) Come on. Okay, so Misha at that, they're going to point and say, until further orders, remain here and do not let yourself be seen by other people or androids. Okay, uh, that Misha will actually disguise itself like a statue. So it'll just put itself up into a statuesque pose because you're an android. So you kind of look like you're made out of statue. You're made out of statue. If you're all right with this disguise, I like the idea of it kind of like turning into the statue-like pose. So now it just looks like a really artful piece of artwork. I like that. Uh, Just to make sure Misha is going to put the hair of the android like on, on top of its face so that it's a little bit hard for it to be recognized if somebody sees that. But then so Misha is going to change with really a lot of effort because spandex is really um <laughs> it's a really tight material Kyle. But with a lot of effort they're going to put that on and they're gonna leave their because they don't have a bag. But I guess they're just gonna put their, their own stuff like on a corner somewhere as well. Uh, they're gonna take their mask off and they are going to move their hair uh, so that it 
covers <laughs> a little bit like a like an edgy boy, but not not in that intent, so that it covers their uh, left eye. So this look is Everett approved, uh, but no, I get what you're saying. So cover up the eyes so they only see the gray one. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna say because Amisha was so compliant and it took like two seconds uh, to to get their clothes off. I'm gonna cut that because that because it was uh, so compliant and all that went so quickly. We can describe what happens next. So you so you go back to the room and what do you start doing? What do you do? Okay, so I basically try to get on the stage. So like I move along the line of the other androids and with all of the uh, embarrassment and fury that Misha is feeling because they really hate this, they're gonna try and look as lifeless or like as android, like as compliant android-ish as they can look uh, and they're just gonna like walk by them in the direction of the stage so they can go on top of the stage. Okay, I'm gonna say you can make it there. Oh, but I forgot, shit, I forgot one thing. Compliant androids dance. (laughs) So give me a roll for dancing. (laughs) Okay. Um, I rolled a 20, mister. (laughs) I am just killing it in the dance floor, my dude. (laughs) The best net 20 ever rolled. What a blessed session. Alright, how does, how did, first off, I need you to describe your dance and describe how it benefits you. I need both of these things for me. Um, well, I imagine it's a very, um, it's a very artistic interpretive dance and I am going to shape it in the, in the fact that for this session I want Misha to still have that storytelling ability, so like that's the, that's the one that I'm gonna have. And then and the interpretive dancing is a form of storytelling and so <laughs> they are going to be doing interpretive dancing as they are moving along the lines of this Misha's thing and the way that they're gonna, it's gonna help me is that as I do it, I am I'm going to artistically push the other androids aside as I am walking to the forward stage. I'm just imagining like the peach, the peach daisy. Ha-cha! I was imagining the Wii Fit Trader poses just all the way through the aisle. Yes, Wii Fit Trader! And it's convenient because as soon as you get there, Lorraine's song slows down to a second more like subdued one. And the song is singing about the exact story that you're naturally presenting. Mm. So you just seem perfect. And like all the other Misha Jarvis is like, oh shit, I guess like, fuck. And they just kind of like all go out to the corners and just kind of sit there and watch. One of them you can see even sits down in the audience because like it just, this is too much information to process. It needs to like, like not do anything to make sure that it's like a fairly limited circuitry is able to understand understand it and you are you are up on the stage and Lorraine you rolled a 20 Lorraine noticed that it was you but she was impressed and is not inclined to say anything right now so is she still is, is she just pretending that she didn't notice she is pretending that she doesn't know that you are you and that is because for the first time out of any one of you except for Hopper Scotch for the first time one of you has made an impression wow oh my god I don't know how I feel about this <laughs> I call it a GM intrusion, but in Lorraine's mind, it's the perfect nat 20. All right, so we are going to move down a little bit to where things are not going so hot. So hop. Or going so hop. Oh. <laughs> so 
as this one Anine is just glaring over you. What are you going to do? Okay, so uh, as my part of my meets out justice ability, I have designate innocent and guilty. He's pretty peeved at this Anine right now, but the Anine probably hasn't like murdered anyone. So uh, Hop's going to designate this Anine as innocent because I can just make up fit criteria for this. It says so. But innocent of what? Innocent of some sort of horrendous mass crime. It's Rilidia, so they've probably done something, like, little bad, but probably not, like... So you're basically saying, of all the terrible Anines, this one seems the most pathetic. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And therefore innocent. Um, And designating someone as innocent makes social interactions easier by one step. So then Hopper will be like, look... You could waste your time here, but I'm an outsider in this weird rivalry you have. All I know is that Lee said something about some big surprise for someone named Chris that no one would be ever would ever be able to top ever. And it had something to do with footwear. And he's going to pull out his very nice socks, which if I can get a target to look at them for five seconds or longer, also decreases the difficulty of a social interaction by one step. So he's going to add, I mean, he said he had nicer socks than these, and these are very nice socks. Dynamite Anine, formerly known as Bazooka Anine, is very <laughs> interested, uh, is very interested, wants to know what the fuck Lee is up to, that conniving bastard, uh, and is gonna look at those socks for very long, and uh, I, I want you to roll a persuasion. I'm switching dice, this is ridiculous. Another four. So Hallie, I normally wouldn't say this, you ever consider experience? Let me double check how many I have. Hang on. I wanted to save it for... I only have two. I wanted to save it for... I'll use an experience to get past this fucking Anine. <laughs> <laughs> how does your experience help you? Can we say that, like, noticing how legitimately interested the Anine is in these socks, Hopper started, like, putting them away, like, as, like, a power move. <laughs> and that spurred the Anine to be like, no, I gotta go find Lee. <laughs> Give me a roll. Another one. Oh, yeah, because I'm re-rolling with my XP. Oh, my God, it's a two. (laughs) (laughs) I'm switching die. So I'm going to resolve this with a GM intrusion. Yay. So take that XP back. Who are you going to give the other point to? Um, I am going to give it to Misha for interpretive dance punching people out of the way because I love that so much. So you uh you you say that and um the dynamite anine looks interested and it's like almost reaching out for the socks and then you hear the elevator come down and the two guards uh, who are also in costume they come down and they just look at the Anine and they're like, Suzerain, what the fuck? Vimo was supposed to be up there five minutes ago. And we are going to go back to combat. Um, Shock, it is it is your turn. Uh, regular Bob has shaken himself and he, he is he is ready and raring for an- another round of Mortal Kombat. So Shock is not leaving Ellie behind here. Also, Ellie can probably move. It's probably fine. Everything's fine. Uh, Shock's going to do the same move again. Again, because he has got a lot of power in there. It almost feels like he's trying to draw in more this time. He's going to have to hold his uh, left arm to keep it from shaking as he like draws in for another blast. Once again, two two levels to hit, one to damage. Oh, that's bad. That's an eight. I I think that's a miss. Uh, let me quick do some mental math here. 
Yeah, no, uh, that blast goes, and, um... I'd say, yeah, since you said you were gonna hold your hand, I just say you can't, and so it just, just cutting through metal in the ceiling or the walls or something. Yeah. Not bad enough that it's gonna cause things to get worse, but... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just, it's just, like, glowy gouge lines on it. Yeah, like Avengers movie collateral damage <laughs> right now. Things haven't gotten bad yet. All right, uh, Ellie... So under us is the auction hall. Okay, so everyone's like in there, right? Now. Yeah, everyone yeah. is in there. Okay, so I was like, maybe I should just break it, but no. Yeah, a lot more enemies, <laughs> very quickly. And I don't want to kill people. We might, we might kill regular Bob. Relatively innocent. People. I wouldn't call them innocent. I really relatively, <laughs> relatively. Oh. I'm fighting a robotic. Hush. We're not about collateral damage, unlike the Avengers. Okay, so I have to roll again to see if I can shake off the poison. Uh, yeah, I'd say just do it when you do your action. So wasn't it just for it? Like now that the initial roll has failed for the duration of combat, it's just one step harder for everything, or does is it just a new save every turn to break that off? It says difficulty of the victim actions by one step uh, and I think especially because Ellie's such a powerhouse it'd be interesting to have it each turn yeah I like it okay. uh, I'll say in once she shakes it that's it game over can't do it again okay okay so the chair did not work the chair did not work and Ellie for a second because Emily also does tries to decide whether like she wants to redeem the chair or whether she wants to go with the claws which have already worked think I'm gonna go with the chair. Ellie has to believe in redemption. If she can't believe in redemption for her chair, can she believe in redemption for herself? Uh, okay. Go, Ellie, go. All right. Um, and I want to put in an, a level of effort to hit and a level of effort to damage. Okay. Yeah, give me that roll first. Okay. Ten. Yeah, I'm going to re-roll with experience. Okay, so how does experience help you get raring and ready to go? I really want to redeem this chair. Do it. <laughs> she believes chair. in this chair. It's like, if this chair doesn't do it one more time, we're just going to go with the claws. But let's... 12. All right, give me a roll to overcome that poison. Eight. All right, you raise that chair real high, and, and it, like a glint of sunlight from that window, from that skylight, goes on it in the choir sing. In like a redeeming song, and then you seize up again. I hate everything, shock. Maybe you should really run. I don't know if it's just because I'm old or if he poisoned me. But All right, and shock, as you hear that, you see the chair vibrate a little bit. And then from from behind it, you see a Rorothic just jump high into the air with two blades at his side, and he's going to bring down both on you. So I need you to roll two defense rolls. Yeah, does that, does that, does that count as immediate distance for the sake of my... of my? It does, because he is going to hit you. Okay, perfect. It would only be if he was, like, throwing the swords okay. at you, which I thought about, but, like, nah. All right, I'm glad you've given me this. Uh... So, quick, quick question. If I spend effort to... Uh, I'll let it apply to both. Okay. Because we're spending three levels of intellect effort to, <laughs> to make this easier. That's a 10 and a 6. Uh, yeah. So, he just comes down. As, as my staff whirls in to try to block the, uh, block the swords. Yeah, and you... One of them hits you in the shoulder, and the other one comes down at you. 
and suddenly you hear a watch out and you feel yourself get tackled and pushed to the side. And then as you get up, you see Lowell standing in front of you being like, what the fuck, man? I told you this was dangerous. Your brain bud is being your brain bud. Oh, hey, buddy. Uh, yeah, it's it's real dangerous. This is what we do. And he's going to like look real mad for a second. He's going to be like, all right, fair, you're right. But we are going to talk about this later. Uh, and it is going to now move to Misha. All right, uh, then Misha is going to go forward, still doing the interpretive dancing, and be, like, right next to Lorraine. Okay, you're there. Okay, uh, is, is Lorraine holding, like, a microphone or anything like that? Uh, no, I'd say an, um, a microphone is attached to one of the little, uh, thimble robots. So just kind of this floating microphone that floats in front of her face. Has she finished her song at all, or is she still singing? Uh, depends. Do you want her to have finished her song at all? Because the song is the one that you did your interpretive dance with. Yeah, that's true. I, I was I was planning on like maybe waiting until she was done and there was clapping, and then approach like right after, as as if Misha's still part of the like show. Like they, they're like, oh, and, and, like a, an act that follows that song. Uh, Lorraine is interested to see what happens, and she lets you do that. Oh, bye. Okay. All right. All right. In fact, you can even hear her whispers you go by. Go ahead. Okay. At that, Misha is going to grab the microphone and they are going to say, uh, thank you everybody for coming here today to the great auction held by Lorraine Styles. I have now a story that I would like to tell you and that I hope everybody can learn something about. And then they are going to look at Lorraine kind of defiantly and like give her like a second to see if she if she does anything. Give it up for Misha Jarvis, the uh, newest storytelling robot from Jetco. And everyone starts applauding as hard as they can. Uh, and she just motions to you to start your story. Right. Ugh. One thing that, if that's okay with you, Kyle, I know that it's under their hair, so it wouldn't be seen, but uh, I want, like, Misha's eye to, like, shine a little bit brighter, because they're like, it, nothing's gonna happen, but, like, they're just really, really upset right now. I love it. That's fair. I like that. I like that a lot. That's real cool. Okay. Like, if we were watching, we would see just, like, a little patch of red appear underneath the eyes, but the audience doesn't notice. Yeah. Okay. All right. Here we go. So Misha is going to nod, and they are going to approach the center of the stage. And they're going to grab upon their storytelling abilities, so that they're, like, kind of even not realizing as much what they're saying, but they're more aware than before. And they're going to say... Allow me to tell you the story about a human who was born without the capacity for wonder or amusement. Whether she was born with a family or alone in the world is irrelevant, as she was unable to feel anything but boredom nonetheless. Unlike many, she was unable to feel excitement at the simplest things, such as passing of the clouds, the smallest group of insects, or the way the cloak around a boy's head seems to perfectly match the color of their eyes. No, she was not able to feel amusement at any of these things. Oh, I do believe she tried to find it. Every single day, she tested something new. She tested someone new. But to no avail, every single day, she kept getting more and more bored with the world. Until she met him. I don't know how, I don't know when, but I know something started right then. She tested him 
as she tested so many others before him, and whatever he did, he succeeded. Through his suffering, through whatever else, he passed whatever test she made, and that made her feel amusement. But it was fleeting. She soon felt bored again, even more so than before. So she swore that she was going to never let this amusing boy go, that she would test him again for him to be the never-ending source of her amusement. But every time, she noticed, the suffering had to be greater, the stakes had to be higher for her to feel anything. So she kept doing more and more atrocious things to this boy, to his friends, to every single town she visited. She would go to the extent of humiliating him, of humiliating other humans, of, of making a mockery of machines. As they say that they're gonna like run a hand through their whole like suit, as they say making a mockery of machines. Just for her to get something, something that she could not attain for herself. Now, you probably expect this story to end with a happy ending. That maybe this, this atrocious human saw the error of her ways, that she apologized and even made friends in the humans and machines she hurt. But I do apologize, listener, for not every story deserves a happy ending. And then they're going to just drop the mic and look at Lorraine. Oh, my drop! So... <laughs> the mic gets dropped, and as it falls and almost hits the ground, you hear a little tink as the like uh, little robot, the little thimble, tries to catch it before <laughs> it falls and succeeds, but it still hits a little bit. Uh, and Ari, before you roll, what is what is kind of your end game? What is your goal besides just to fucking drop a mic? Well, you know, I I, I kind of forgot what my end game was when I started this because <laughs> it it originally was giving people time to take Cuba, but I forgot to let people know that I was going to do that. And <laughs> oops, I, I got an idea. How about how about you uh, give me a roll and and I, and I want to see how how the audience responds to this. Okay. I I swear I swear I'm not making this up. No. I'm not I'm not being a Travis. I actually rolled another twenty. Holy shit! I want your die. The power play. I swear I rolled another twenty. What a fucking power move! <laughs> I fucking love it. So Lorraine is stunned for a merman moment, and the crowd starts murmuring because like why the fuck would Lorraine do this about herself? And you know some are like, is that true? I always knew she was a jerk. Oh, get the fucking auction started already. Oh, what's going on? <laughs> and you start getting riled up a little bit. And so what happens next, I'm going to count as a GM intrusion. So uh, who are you going to give your other point to? I am going to give it to Shock because... <laughs> I need it. <laughs> I feel like both him and Elliot are in a very tough situation right now. And also because I fucked up and didn't tell him of my plan. <laughs> so I feel like he needs my XP. So everyone is murmuring and Lorraine... Uh, starts applauding and she uh, turns she goes over and she picks up the mic and she uh looks over at you and she's like you know misha you're absolutely right i don't have a friend in the world but if you're so determined to fill that slot no you've got to earn it and she walks up to the audience and she's like audience i'm so sorry i i have a confession to make now you all know that I had a friend in Hopperscotch and I made a horrible misjudgment because unfortunately he, along with a cloaked individual, an elderly woman, and a rogue android, and she looks over to you, have stolen our beloved Cubo. And immediately everyone starts rambling so much, like starts raffling and starts being like, ah, rah, 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 rah. <laughs> 
And unfortunately, until we get it back, there's nothing we can do. Can Misha interject? Yeah, what does Misha want to interject? All right, so Misha's going to stand in front and be like, Audience, after the story you have heard, do you really believe that she is being honest? You can, they can look for themselves. Kubo is gone. And, and, and what, are, what are you saying happened to it? Well, it is obvious that we had nothing to do with this. You had everything to do with it. You probably know where he is. <laughs> A big beaming smile crosses her face and she says, Well, if you truly believe that, prove it. Kick in the debate scrum music. Yeah! The announcements break for Questmen's episode 32, Questionable Measures Part 14. There's a lot of exciting stuff going on in the ep- actual episode, and this episode is so long already that I'm just going to speak quickly so we can get through everything very quickly. So my name is Kyle. I'm the GM. Your intro and outro songs are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. I'm going to slow down for a second and introduce the uh, introduce the promo that we're running. So our friends over at Experience Points uh, have put together this little promo. They're an actual play podcast. The thing they're going to showcase is their Starfinder campaign, but they also have a very new uh, Numenera campaign called Humanera. All right, here's the ad. Actual play comedy podcasts are awesome. We can all agree on this, right? What if they're in outer space? Or have a cast that don't take themselves too seriously? If you think yes to any of these questions, then you'll love Experience Points. We're all queer cast playing Starfinder while trying to survive whatever bombshells our GM Miu can dream up for us. We're an impulsive bunch who like to rush into things, which has landed us into some surprising situations. Have you ever accidentally wandered onto an undead nude beach, woken up on a haunted ship that's about to explode, gone fishing in space? We have. Come join in the adventure as we traverse the galaxy, leaving a trail of pink glitter in our wake. We're a diverse group who have combined our passions for tabletop role-playing to craft the tale of the Adventure Hookers, a band of unlikely adventurers who are in completely over their heads. Listen to Experience Points today wherever you find fine podcasts. Then come say hi to us on Facebook at Experience Points or on Twitter at EQ Points. We'll be sure to unroll the pink carpet and have a cup of space chamomile waiting for you. Awesome. So again, if you think that's really interesting, check that out. Uh, Another quick reminder for you is that if you tweet or Tumblr out at us using the hashtag QuestFriends, uh, you'll be put into a name pool that I will use to pull from for locations, characters, etc, etc. For example, Lee the Party Planner is named after Lee or Whimsy Metaphor on Twitter. And then Suzeran the Dynamite is named after Suzeran Eninger on Twitter. So thanks so much for tweeting out the kind words about us. If you're interested in being a thing... In the Quest Friends universe, or you just wanna just wanna say something nice, you can tweet out using those hashtags because those are what I keep an eye out for. All right. With that being said, let's get back to the rest of the episode. Again, Questionable Measures has only one more episode after this, and that is on Monday, March 11th. I will see you then.
right, so Hop, we are we are downstairs. I just want to get upstairs, man. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta do something to recover your shame, especially because your bestie role. Now one of your best friends is competing with your bestie role for Lorraine Styles. No. How terrible is that? I I don't know. Hopper doesn't know. <laughs> He's so upset right now. Anyways, so what is Hopper gonna do? So now you've got these two guards yelling at what the fuck did I name them? Lee and Sue. Yeah, yelling at Suzeran. And you've got poor Chris just sitting there being like, I don't know what's going on. Chris is just kind of like, he's just, sco- he's just like, <laughs> his shoulders are up. He's kind of turtling a little bit. Can I just, in the commotion, can I just sneak past them to get to the elevator? I have machine control implant. It would be so fast. I would use the cipher I've had since day one. And then just, <laughs> z- z- I just, I just want to like sidestep into the elevator. How, how closely is it blocked by Chris? Um, so Chris is in the room next to it. Oh. Like, he's in a little control room next to it. But there are two guards who are on it. Okay. Oh, they're still on the elevator. I thought they had moved off of it. Yeah, if you can get them off, I will say you can get on. Okay. Um, okay, so they're busy yelling at Suzerain, right? Yeah. Uh, Suzerain, the artist previously known as, uh, Dynamite, Dynamite I mean. The artist previously, previously known as Bazooka, I mean. <laughs> Okay, um, I, I want to use a time crisp to go back around and then, like, make a loud commotion as they're coming down the elevator somewhere so that they go investigate it. All right, you uh, use the time crisp, uh, and you are back seven seconds in the past, and you see Suzerain is about seven seconds in the past. Suzerain was looking at your socks. Mm-hmm. Their hand is slowly reaching out like, oh, for the socks that you have tucked away in your pocket. That was the moment you went back in time to. Okay. So what are you going to do? God, the thing is that my first thought was it has to be something guaranteed they run they run across, but uh, Hopper's not going to start a fire, <laughs> <laughs> so, nor do I think I can. Um, I want to call from around the corner, like, "Oh no, I need a guard!" and then and then yes, but Suzerain in the past is going to watch you run around the corner. I know, I know. There's like no good way. I am not in a good position for the subterfuge. Um, I do still have the little like remote control car binoculars that I found in Charmande. Can I use those again to just try to distract the guards to go that way? To fun, like... Yeah, so you go, you run around the corner and then these little binoculars just go out as the guards come down and then turn around. Okay. And, uh, yeah. Is that what you want to do? That's what, that is, that is all I have. That is all I got. All right. You come back in time. You flip back. Uh, and Chris is just sitting there like, hey, sorry about them. And you can hear Suzerain in the corner being like, what the fuck kind of amazing gift is this? How can I replicate it? Uh, maybe inside there's something. And you hear a... You hear a snap. Uh, And so your uh, binocular, your little mobile binoculars have been destroyed in this process. I liked those. But uh, Chris is like, I'm really sorry about that, man. I I don't know what's happening. That's okay. It's a mess here. Do you mind if I use the elevator? Are you author? You know what? You know what? You look more authorized than anyone else. Can you just, and he just picks up Cubo, dusts it off and hands it to you. I, I can't go up there and put that in. Can you put that in for me? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Vibo. I said Cubo. Oh yeah, it's a little, sorry, Emily reminded me. It's a little Vibo. You pick up Vibo and you walk forward and Vibo is like, Vibo's afraid of heights. <laughs> As you go up the elevator, you hear all this commotion in this long, distant, dark hallway. And you see these like lines of electric pulsing light in front of you. Uh, and as you walk forward into this hallway, you just hear Tommy Fumbuck's voice saying, You're absolutely right. That is my greatest fear. 
Thanks so much for playing. I appreciate you. You're a swagalicious dude, my friend. And it looks like someone has already solved this riddle for you. Oh, I was really, I was really excited to solve that riddle. <laughs> All right, fuck I, it. We'll solve no, the riddle. No, no, no. Keep the story. Um. Okay. This makes it easier, so it's fine. Hopper will just blink a little bit and be like, "Okay," and then go. I guess he takes Bebo with him. Yeah. So you go running down the hallways. Running in this. And as you do, your vision zooms in as this now five-fanged Lorothic turns around and glares at you. And you realize that he has been specifically hunting you, which for Rorothics mean that all attacks against you are gonna be one step higher than normal. Okay, wait, is that good for me or bad for me? Like it's harder- That's bad for you, that's very bad. Oh, that sucks. But there's also another unfortunate thing that happens. Uh, You're gonna take another GM intrusion. Who do you wanna give the point to? I'm gonna give it to Ellie because she's been really good with her chair. You hear some explosions around the entrance to the dome as a regular Bob turns around and you see a lot of the metal arches that have been holding it up are starting to fall and collapse on top of you. And I need you to roll uh, either speed or might defense. Did I do this? I am better at speed. No, this was a trap that re- it was like a, it was an actual explosion. So it was a trap that regular Bob had set because he expected you to go in that way. Oh, Good thing I walked straight into his plan. All right. <laughs> Here I go. Speed defense. I'm going to put an effort in. You're skilled in that, right? Uh, Yes, I'm skilled in... Sp- specialized. I am specialized in speed defense. Okay, so it'll be three steps easier. Got it. An 11. Let me just do some math here. Mm-mm. I don't... It's good enough. Nope. I didn't need to survive. Then I try to save Hop. Nope. I was going to save you. No. Oh. <laughs> Well, you're sucking at well, it. Well, as they come down, a couple of them hit you, and you take before uh, before armor four points of might damage. I don't have any armor, so that's fine. <laughs> you take four points of might damage as these things barrel down on top of you, and you are now trapped in this mass of steel and rubble, uh, and, and you will have to spend your next turn trying to get out. That's fine. That's just fine. Where's Vibo at? Am I still holding on to Vibo? You are still holding on to Vibo. Good. <laughs> Vibo is one. If Vibo is one thing, it's durable. Okay, like a Nokia phone. <laughs> you just can't break it. Yes. All right, Shock. It is your turn. You have just seen your friend Hopper Scotch come to your rescue and then get trapped under rubble. Hell, you're not gonna like to hear this, but when when Emily and I were were swapping strategy for this, we we basically both agreed that Hopper would just be a liability up here. <laughs> Oh my god. No, I had a plan. I just forgot to do it. I was, I was gonna- I'm gonna quick use the restroom if that's okay. Because I knew I was wearing the jacket. I wanted to parkour up the wall and then like put the jacket over Bob's head so that he like couldn't see. But he doesn't have eyes. He doesn't have eyes apparently, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. My plan sucked anyway. It was my only plan. But no, like he's he's super powered against you and uh, Kyle's gonna start doing extra nasty stuff to you. I didn't know that, okay? I mean, oh, Hopper would have come up anyway, so it's fine. Of course. Hopper's a liability, whatever. Well, like you're advantages as like as a sacrificial pawn to soak up damage so we don't No, that was also legitimately part of hopper's plan if it needed to be the problem is like one of your best skills is shielding other people but bob is going to attack you now because you're like his main target well yeah i was gonna designate you as innocent and protect you whichever one of you was doing worse i was gonna designate you as innocent and protect you like that's a really cool power it's just bob's going to ignore it because he's a dick 
I am a liability. So it's my turn, correct? Yeah. So shock, blood just just oozing out of his terrible stab slash wound. Shock's gonna see Hopper like down the hallway get get just buried under <laughs> rebar. Uh, see Ellie like struggling with the poison. Uh, but I do want to spend three levels of effort to damage as once again Shock is just taking in so much power into his glove on his left hand, but his arm is shaking and he has to hold it steady. A laser cannon. And I'm gonna spend one XP to reroll. <laughs> All right, how do you, uh, what, what gets that reroll happening? Shock is clearing his mind, thinking of his friends, thinking of Misha Jarvis, focusing on aiming the beam directly into Bob's stupid face. <laughs> <gasps> it's a natural 20. Get us. Thank God. So do you want to cause extra damage or do you want to cause... Uh... I want to use the extra damage. So that's five plus nine from the effort plus another four, 18 points of damage before armor. Nice. Yeah, describe how this hits him. It doesn't kill him, but describe how it hits him. Oh yeah, yeah. So what Shock does is the blast tears out with sort of a hissing shriek. Because he had been attacking me last. Can I sort of flavor that Bob is like continuing to move at him, like coming at him again, blinding fast, and suddenly the beam just strikes him full on in the chest and just sort of burns in a little bit, you know? And I am going to, yeah, it burns him and he like, uh, the hissing gets really bad and really ugly. And I'm actually gonna do a, uh, a GM intrusion. So who do you wanna give your other point to? I would like to give my point to Misha Jarvis because Ooh. holy fuck, that power move. It was very good. Oh. <laughs> yes, I'm back to six XP. <laughs> so he hisses and he is very down and he is very upset. And in fact, that just sparks him into more emotion. You can tell, you know how like characters in video games, the closer they get to damage, like the, the harder they get. Uh, uh, Great. He is going to like, and he's gonna do the Kylo Ren chump bump his chest thing. Uh, and he is going to gain two things. He is going to gain five health, and he is going to gain an extra action. Oh! 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 Oh, I poked the bear. Um, so Bob is in front of Ellie now in his turn order. What? And Bob is going to like hiss and he is going to like quickly just scramble up around the walls and hide someplace uh, in the rafters. Oh God. So you would have to find him to hit him. Oh God, he's charging up for a big attack. <laughs> okay, would it count as moving rather than like an attacker action if I were to follow him with my Wolverine claws? Oh shit. Do it. Yeah, that that's fair. But I want you to roll your paralysis for that. Okay, I would like to use, do I want to try it and save my, no, two XP, auto succeed. I mean, you have, you still have four after that, so. Okay, so I would like to auto succeed at shaking off the poison because of the rage of seeing Hopper buried and shock bleeding. I really, at this point, I don't know why you're mad. Like, this is just kind of your everyday now. <laughs> Ellie has a lot of anger built up. It's not going to go away overnight. And I would like to scramble up after him using my Wolverine claws. All right, so you like scrambling up on the walls or you like swinging on the rafters like Spider-Man Wolverine? Spider-Man. I want to go like directly in his path. Okay, so you're going to try the you're going to try to follow him so he can't hide from you. Yeah. Uh, and then then what are you going to do? I want to stab him with my claws. Okay, try to stab him with the claws. Okay, two levels of effort to hit. 
And one level of effort to damage. Okay. Get him. 17. Nice. One extra point of damage for a 17. Do it, do it. I know. Don't you dare take this from me, Kyle Decker. How do you kill regular Bob? Or defeat him? <sighs> oh my god. You did it! So as I talk, I'm going to decide if I kill him. But I do want to stab my claws into him and then have us both fall down to the floor. So he's alive right now, and I want to put my face really close to his. You will not touch them again. Regular Bob is dead. So you just grab him and you call, like, and the ground reverberates, and you can actually see, uh, I'm going to say you fall on the glass. Oh, no, 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 I made a mistake. It doesn't break yet, but it starts cracking. All right, and before we get to uh, to Misha's turn, I just kind of want to resolve what's going on up here so we can resolve that. So now, Hop, you're underneath some rubble. I'd like to use my escape artist skill, please. God damn it. So yes, uh, as a jack, once per day, Hop is able to be trained in something. So Hallie told me this a long time, but Hop, you you go back to this morning where you were looking through uh, your, your storybook about Jameson Hopper, and you remember the one time that One-Eyed Joe had gotten him trapped underneath a... Uh, uh, a pile of seskies, very, very rambunctious seskies too. And he was able to maneuver his way out by contorting his body in such a way uh, that it fit the natural architecture of this pile of seskies. Uh, and you are inspired by this and you know this, and you have this knowledge. Uh, and then give me a roll to get out of the... Uh... 17. Yay! <laughs> My one good roll. How do you get out of the rubble? <laughs> what? How do you get out of the rubble? So at first... I imagine he's still holding Vibo, which is just really awkward. So he's going to kind of like shimmy down further under the thing. Vibo's going to get like stuck and Hopper's going to like yank, yank Vibo down with him and then shimmy under the beam, laying down Limbo style and then uh, crawl out the other side feet first, just like awkwardly shuffling through. You crawl out uh, onto the glass and Vibo's like, Vibo's supposed to be honest, but Vibo is freaking out. Good for you, Vibo. <laughs> <laughs> and in response to that, you hear a little crackling voice. You can barely make it out. Okay, I understand soon. Uh, and as, as I'd say that we as the audience can kind of see regular Bob's corpse moving back and forth a little bit. And we see a little bit of a smaller fanged grub-like creature start worming its way out of his mouth. And suddenly, Hop, you see this grub shoot out as you have just shimmied your way out. Let's like grub this smaller fanged Alvarothic just like fly in the air towards you and I need you to roll speed defense. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna put a level of effort to just like do a barrel roll out of the way. <laughs> Is this alien? It's fucking xenomorphs. That would be a three. No! <laughs> you are stunned. You are confused. This grub is flying towards you. And as it does, as as this thing that like could potentially xenomorph your way onto it, we don't know how it functions. The the light of the sky and the skylight itself seems to like this great shadow seems to form on top of it. Uh, and you hear this vibration, this thump, 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 thump. And in an instant, uh, you hear glass shatter and crinkle onto the ground. As you see this chain-smoking elderly lady cannonball out from the ceiling and just slam on top of the grub, and June stands up, all of her muscles crackling. You're not gonna hurt Zoe's family this time! Oh shit, are we done? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, 
the uh, the mosaic beneath you cracks five times more. Misha, it is your turn. Can I just have a layout of like where everyone is in respect to me? Directly above you. Yeah, there is a there is like a glass mosaic in the ceiling uh, that's like right in front of the stage. In front of and above you, you can see this glass chandelier. Uh, and above that, there is this big glass mosaic. Okay, but it's not it's not transparent, right? Uh, no, it's like it's like a mosaic, yeah. so you can maybe see right. shadows, but you would have to be looking up there for it, especially because the chandelier is yeah. covering a lot okay. of it. I just want to let everyone know that apparently the sole female party member is breaking the glass ceiling. Hey! <laughs> oh, <laughs> Too many power moves this session. Too many power. Too much revolution. Um, okay, yeah. So I guess we're, I'm in the middle of a debate with Lorraine. Yes. She has asked you to prove that she is guilty. All right. So Misha is going to say, well, I, I don't see why we would do what you're accusing us of doing. Unlike you, we don't have the disposition to do criminal acts. And can I, while I do that, reach for shock to kind of know what they're doing? Yeah. And you reach the shock as she starts formulating a response. Okay. Yeah, while well, she's doing that, I'll I'll just be like, Shock, I do not believe Cubo is in here. Or at least Lorraine does not seem to, to say that it is here. I am with her at the action hall right now. And I am proving that she is a thief to the audience in the action hall. All right, Shock will say, like, and, and probably the exhaustion and pain is somehow present in the telepathic link. I don't think Shock could hide that. Does it look like she could be hiding it somewhere on her on her person? Like, I don't know. I don't know where else Cubo could be right now. Uh, I believe she could. Yes. So if you could somehow make it to the auction hall, I would appreciate it. And as that happens, you hear this crash of glass <laughs> and this like twinkling of a thousand lights from a chandelier as four bodies fall. No, five, because regular Bob is there too. As five bodies <laughs> fall from the ceiling onto this glass chandelier and then take the whole chandelier down into the center of the audience. It's like the, it's like the meme where they're like, hey, come over. I can't. I'm in the Cubo Dome. I'm beating Lorraine. Glass shatters. <laughs> Be right there. <laughs> then Misha's going to out loud say, well, I suppose that works. <laughs> How much damage do we take from just being ragdolled down into the auction hall? I'd say take four, Mike. That seems fair. Oof. Four? Before or after armor? Before. Uh, oof. You go unconscious when all three of your pools hit zero, right? You're, You're dead, dead when all three hit zero. My might is at zero. What does that mean for me? Oh, that just means things are going to be one step harder for you. Oh, okay. I thought, okay. <laughs> no, not one step harder. It just means that, like, it affects things that aren't really going to be relevant because you just have to out-talk Lorraine now. Okay. Effort costs more, basically. Yeah. But yeah, I am also impaired because I didn't heal. Uh. What? Yeah, all of you. Anyone can do whatever the oh, fuck they want. Okay. Shock is just lying there amidst the broken glass, like. Uh, uh, uh. Well, Misha is going to. Well, they're going to say, like, "Well, I suppose that works." <laughs> kind of to themselves, and then they're going to approach the, the party and see if they're fine. First, they're going to go towards Shock, but then they're, if they see the other people, they're going to try and like see if they're fine, try to get them to stand up and ask, like, "How how is everybody doing?" Uh, I'm <coughs> okay. <coughs> <laughs> 
Hopper is standing up. He's vaguely aware that he fell onto the auction stage. And he's gonna um, look at Lorraine, and then his eyes are going to go up to her hat, and then back down to her eyes in an unspoken accusation slash challenge. And she just shrugs like, sorry, I lost. And as she shrugs like that, she's like, see, I told you. And the audience is gasping because they see not only Vibo under Hop's arms, but they see the replica Cubo, which had fallen down with the rest of you. I'm sorry, Simon. I tried. I really did. Did Misha, did Misha notice that Pop looked at Lorraine's hat like that? I can say you did. Because if they did, I want to approach Lorraine and take her hat off. Just, just go up and do it. Okay, you start making your way towards Lorraine. Because the crowd is so thick, and I'm assuming you don't want Lorraine to see that you're trying to steal her hat, you kind of just slip away and folks don't necessarily see you. Okay, so... Hopper's standing on the stage and he's got people with- No, you're in front of the stage. We're in front of the stage. Well, we just undid all of Misha's excellent- Yeah. Excellent storytelling slash mic dropping. We just undid all of it. You did. Hop's gonna, gonna look at this swarm that's coming and then look back at his friends having just fallen through the glass ceiling. And he says, I can explain. I confess. It was all me. Just me. You'll find- only my signature on 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 all the it was just me just me can i go over and like clap my hand on hop's <laughs> shoulder unfortunately probably causing pain because hop's also just falling Ow. kid you don't like if this is something you need to do to like you know start moving forward that's great but once you're done can i like break you out of prison like you don't want to stay there right if they if they lock you up it's not ideal but we lost ellie we lost and this is all my fault because i should have seen this coming from the very beginning i mean the second we got those coupons i should have seen this coming and i didn't so just let me hopper you're honest and honorable and you're lying through your teeth don't do this it was lorraine we know it well we know it but let's run Don't turn yourself in. Don't sacrifice yourself for us. Let's all leave. He just, he gestures a little bit to like this whole crowd and then whispers like, Logistically, I don't think that we can. Wanna bet? I just murdered a Rothen. Yeah, that was really cool. I'm still on an adrenaline high. I got this. Do you have an idea? She's just gonna hold up both her fists. And then clench them so the claws come out. Do you want to fight everyone? And Ellie, as you clench your fists and the claws come out, they sound louder than normal. And yeah, you're facing not Hop and you're hiding them, but you hear this like, as you put, as you, the claws come out and everyone gasps. But you realize they're not looking at you. They're looking at the stage. And you can see Lorraine, hands on her head, Cubo having dropped to the ground from inside her hat. And uh, who is, who's standing there next to her, holding her hat? Me. It's me. So yeah, they see Misha standing, Lorraine's hat in their hand, and everyone is gasping and they're murmuring and they don't know what to do. Misha is going to turn towards Lorraine with the hat in their hand and say, is this enough proof for you? She puts on a smile. Oh, Misha Jarvis, it absolutely is. And with that, you hear another deep thump and another thump and another and another. And suddenly you are covered in flakes of drywall as the back wall crashes open. And through this cloud, the giant vibrating Tommy Funbuck float lumbers into view and stares down at all of you.
still ugly. <laughs> and then it goes silent. And the hatch at the bottom of them, it opens up. And you see two of them pop out. And one says, Hey, it's that person we met at the roller coaster. And then the other one says, Oh, baby Jason, you silly boy. Oh, wait, it is them. Hey, how are you doing? Are you here with the revolution too? They joined the revolution, what? Just for kicks, they were like, Yeah, this seems legit, let's do it. <laughs> Salutations, once again, sudden humans. This is quite an unexpected time for you to show, but you're welcome to be here, if you so wish. Well, I mean, it's not that unexpected. After all, the revolution is here too. And suddenly the crowd just starts screaming. People start flailing their hands and running around and like running back and forth and like trying to get through doors. And, and from outside the room, you hear the hall outside start to erupt into screams as well. But the cacophony starts to take the form of a song. And you hear this deep, wonderful warrior cry that is probably going to be an off-brand. Do you hear the people sing from Les Mis? <laughs> and suddenly the doors burst wide open and you see all of Ruletia's downtrodden and underappreciated swarm into the space uh, and, and, and take it over and, and start to seat the, uh, the elites down and you see them all start to swarm around Lorraine, but they know of you four. They know of the four who led the revolution and so they leave you all free as, as, they, as they make the space for the first time open for everyone in Ruletia. Ellie, in a rare display of glee. Yes! Yes! Hopper's just stunned. So many things have happened in so short a time. <laughs> Shock is going to stand up, like, leaning on his staff a bit and just look at Misha Jarvis, really, really proud of how they saved the day. Just completely saved everything. Misha's gonna just keep their eyes on the lane. You see her watch... And she, she doesn't move. She doesn't hesitate. And you see some of the folks from the revolution grab her. And it looks like they're, they're starting to drag her back. And you just see her look at you and she says, Well, I guess Hopper Scotch left his best friend one last gift after all. God. Thank you, Misha Jarvis. We will see each other again. And um, she, gets, she gets taken away. And as she says that, the little orb in front of you pipes up. Jarvis, just a rather very intelligent system. I have found that name in my database. It is my name. I'm not gonna, I don't have to look at Ari's character sheet because she's the only one who's at no risk of dying. <laughs> I was gonna be like, oh, Ari, are you using the, the Google Doc? And then I was like, it doesn't matter. And I'm at full health, by the by. You're at full health? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Whatever. I haven't been, I, I was healed and then I haven't been hurt since, so I'm at full health. God. <laughs> Must be nice.